Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. Yes, it is the In Wheel Time car talk show. Just ahead, we get the real story on what's going on with the car industry and why automakers are having problems assembling cars. What? We need more. Jeff gets back on track with our pre-owned car of the week, the 2019 Chevy Blazer RS. You're looking for a used vehicle? This may be the one. I am, and that's why I did it. Later, Conrad has the car clinic and this week in auto history. And we'll also have stories making automotive news headlines this week. That and more just ahead on this edition of the In Wheel Time Car Talk Show. Howdy along with Mike out of this world, Mars. King Conrad DeLong. We need more of this guy, Jeff yeah, Zekin. I'm Don Armstrong. Glad that you could join us today. And uh, it's it. What? What? What is it? Did I miss something? No, he's, he got somebody. His online. medicine's kicking in over there. <laughs> what? What did, did you have? Some. He's that, connected. Are, are we connected? Finally. All right. But it's a long ways over there. It is a long ways over there. Uh, Lewis Black, CEO of Almonte Industries, one of the suppliers to the auto industry, joins us now. Lewis, it's good to uh, hear from you, see you, and all of that good stuff. And thanks for joining us today. Hello, great, great to be with you today. Well, uh, where are we speaking to you from? I am from sunny Spain. Sunny Spain. Is it sunny over there? It, it, it is. It is sunny and and um, and fairly locked down. Locked down. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, we get to enjoy the weather. They, they're still allowing us to do that. But you can't go outside to do it. You, you, you can, we have a window. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't open it. So, no, Lewis, no, I mean, we had Lewis on uh, several months ago, we did. and we found him extremely interesting and very well connected with the auto industry mm-hmm. and gives us an insider view, actually, about what's going on with the auto industry without being actually an employer, employee of the auto industry itself. He is a supplier uh, to the auto industry. And tell us what Almonte Industries does, what they do. Uh, what were the largest producers of tungsten outside of China? So China is the dominant player with 83%. And, but and we, we produce, all of our material goes into the U.S. and it's used through aerospace, automotive, defense, medical, and now batteries and uh, semiconductors. So so we have a, we're pretty broadly used across many sectors, many technology and industrial sectors. So um, are you still able to supply tungsten to all of the people that uh, buy your product? Uh, no, no, we, we can't even get close. The, the demand is is very strong. Automotive um, is is problematic because of the semiconductors, which which continues to be a, a big problem. And and so we've seen a decline in the consumption of tungsten by automotive, not because there's not demand for the vehicles, they just can't produce them. Uh, so so there is a, a significant bottleneck. Um, there and, and it doesn't look like it's going to clear anytime soon. And where in the automotive side of things do they use tungsten? Well, if you're making a, an EV, you're using it now in the, in the new generation of batteries in the anodes. It's sort of replacing cobalt, so you can use more nickel, so you get a longer extended range. I mean, Mercedes just announced their new vehicle, which is going to do over a thousand kilometers on one charge. And these are the new sort of batteries that are coming out of South Korea. And in automotive, you use it uh, throughout the engine in the catalyst converter within the actual wear parts, as well as the fact that you need a, a, for both EVs and normal vehicles inserts to actually produce 
the cars. We all the sort of rivet holes, all the drilling that you do, you need uh, tungsten to produce that. So it's used, and it's used liberally, also extensively in gear in gear systems. So it's it's used greatly in both new generation vehicles and traditional vehicles. So where where do you get the tungsten? I mean, you're, you're in Spain, and you say that China is the eighty one percent aspect of this. Where does it come from? Is there is well, I mean, predominantly we produce in in Portugal, Spain, and South Korea. We're just opening up South Korea. Um, the rest of tungsten is found in in smaller artisanal mines in Africa, Mongolia, South America. So it's it's. It is a very difficult metal to mine, and unfortunately, most of the technical knowledge in how to do it disappeared in the 80s when, when China first arrived into the market with vast amounts of tungsten, which, of course, drove prices to, to such a level that pretty much every mine except one that Sambic owns in Austria and, and our mine in Portugal went out of business. So everyone else went yeah. out of business and, back in the 80s. And that being intentional on China's part to dominate the market? Um, I think it was a question of buying market share. I think it was probably the, the pendulum swung a bit too far. I don't think they expected prices to go as low as they did. And they didn't expect, well, everyone went out of business. <laughs> so I think it was it was buying market share and, and, and a wholesale destruction of the competitors. Forgive my ignorance, but what does tungsten look like? Well, uh, traditionally, it's called black gold. It it's, has the same density as gold, and it's black and it's shiny. And it's very brittle. If you drop it, it shatters into a thousand pieces. Uh, but you can put it on a wear part, and, and that alloy will, will perform far better. So it's one of those unusual metals that are irreplaceable, but, but, and, and it's in every part of your life. It's in everything around you. Um, but it's, it's, uh, I, I find, I would say this, I find it very beautiful to look at. And, That's and, 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 and you <laughs> looks like money, right? You, you <laughs> mine, you mine this thing in mines. And, and, and I assume that there are veins of tungsten that you find. Yes. Yeah, so they're either contained in, in scans or in quartz, in quartz veins. So we have both, uh, hard rock underground mines and open pit mines. So that, okay. so you find it in in both in both forms. Predominantly, then, you find veins of it. Yes. And then when you when you deliver this to the people that buy it from you, in what form do you deliver it? Uh, in concentrate. So we concentrate it as it comes out the ground. In the ground, it's running. Uh, you know, our average grade is about 03 percent uh, grade, and we all upgrade it to around sixty eight to seventy percent, and then wow. that goes to to our customers who are vertical. So they go all the way through to the finished products, which then goes to the car manufacturers or the Apples, the IBMs. So, so ultimately, they require us to concentrate it to that level before they can start to downstream. And is it in a, in a powder form? It's in a gran granular form. Granular. I mean, it, mm -hmm. you, can, you can make it very fine, but then it dissipates because it's very brittle. Sure. So traditionally, it's in a granular form. So typically when an industry, whatever that industry, uses tungsten, it's mixed in with another product. They center it. Yeah. You can't smelt it because the melting temperature is too high. It's slightly less than temperature of the sun. So they center it into alloys. Okay. So that's the only and way that's, and that's, But it also makes it very good for recycling on that basis. And, and, so apart from electronics, if you use it in EVs or electronic uh, uses, you can't recycle. But if you use it in wear parts such as or, or inserts, you can recycle it. It, it okay. is a good product to be recycled. Interesting. I find it interesting. I, I, I mean, I've always heard of tungsten, tungsten steel. Right. Uh, don't, aren't, aren't, they, aren't they used in filaments and light bulbs or used to be? Uh, yes, incandescent light bulbs. Um, you, you know, I mean, obviously, a few years ago, 
it was decided politically that that the light bulb was responsible for every sin that had come into our life. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. and then it switched over to Trump. Because it's I mean, a dangerous, it's <laughs> right. dangerous uh, instrument, uh, the light bulb. I mean, all that glass and heat. I mean, it, you can cause yourself a, a very serious injury on them. I know tungsten back when I was in the oil field with industry, an LED, which is full of polymers and and toxic gases. So it, it made complete sense, and and the lights. <laughs> For me, it was never really the same. But fortunately, there wasn't a great deal of tungsten used. I mean, I think it was less than one percent of all tungsten uh, consumed was in light bulbs. Are you? Are you? Are you originally? Are you originally from Great Britain? I'm originally from the from the United Kingdom. Yes. Okay. So, uh, are you familiar with a show called Cuckoo? Uh, to be honest, uh, no, and, and probably because if, with that name, I, I wouldn't think to look at it. Okay, well, uh, I mean, the the, Briti- the Smart Brit- man, the British humor in Cuckoo, it, it, it draws me. I don't know what it is, but it's that British humor, that dry sense of humor, and the quirkiness of it tr- to me uh, that I'm going. That's me. I got it. Yeah, I'm we there. That. Yeah. You, you have to remember, we, we live on a damp rock in the middle of a cold sea. <laughs> and the weather is not exactly totally good. That's why he's so, in Spain right now. On, on this basis, the sense of humor is what sustains you. <laughs> you you have to it. have I it. it. I mean, it's kind of I built mean, in. We, getting getting back to the tungsten, back when I was in the oil field, <laughs> they used to have uh, they used to jet what they called jet a rock bit that drilled for oil and gas through a tungsten jet, through a tungsten orifice that they would have in different dimensions, and they would use that for propelling uh, a fluid, a water, or, or a mud through those jets. And that's how I know tungsten. No, no, it's still it's still extensively used yes. in, in oil and gas drilling. Yes. Extensively. And in oil mining. Oil mining, we consume a, a lot of tungsten in all of our drilling underground. And is so, that is that because the tungsten is harder than what they're drilling in? So yes. it doesn't tungsten wear. Is very durable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it wear. The alloy. Right. Okay. Yep. It protects the, 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 the actual part that you're trying not to wear. So it's a fantastic shield against wear. Okay. It, is, and you talked about tungsten being used in, in a small amount in light bulb filaments. How is it as an electrical conductor? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, when you want to make a semiconductor, you have to pump into every semiconductor a tungsten hexafluoride gas, oh. which, which essentially coats the inside of every semiconductor with a, a sort of nano-size uh, coating of tungsten because it's very good for conductivity, but it's even better at dispersing heat. Because, okay. you know, the semiconductors run at such, at such temperatures, temps, yeah. you don't want that heat. And, and so that's, that's, I mean, 40% of all this gas produced is consumed in South Korea because South Korea is the largest consumer per capita of the world of, of tungsten because of batteries and, uh, and of course, uh, semiconductors. Is it dangerous? Um, no, it's completely inert, but I, I, I probably wouldn't recommend eating it on a regular basis. Um, it, it's no, not I mean, handling, it handling, stops you up like bananas, breathing, breathing it, handling it. No, no, it's completely, it's completely inert. Okay. It's, there's nothing, there's no, uh, you know, there's no arsenic. There's no, there's nothing toxic in it. Um, it's just dense. That's why eating it is not a great idea. Yeah. Um, cause it gives you nano gas through the system. Nano yeah, it'll gas. take a way to get through the system, but, <laughs> but they will survive. <laughs> And, and the mine that you're talking about in Portugal, how long has that mine been in existence? That mine has been around for 126 years. Oh, my wow. gosh. And they're, and they're still drawing tungsten out of it. Wow. They're still mining it. And, and, that whole, and the hole that they opened up over there in oh Portugal, my. it now goes all the way through the center of the earth to, to the China. other side. China. Yeah, to China. We have 12,000 kilometers of tunnels. Oh, wow. my gosh. Holy cow. <laughs> 
God. And, and the, the tunneling is just chasing the vein. Essentially following the veins. But, yeah. but it, you know, of course, you know, we, it, it's now so extensive. I mean, we obviously don't travel the 12,000 kilometers. But, but it, it, historically, it's, the mine has, a, has a, a fantastic history. It's seen, you know, obviously it's used extensively in, mun- in munitions for defense. And it was, you know, very front and center during the last two great wars in Europe. Um, I, I use the word great, you know, yeah, well, you know cautiously, yeah. but, but ultimately it's seen um, fantastic historical moments. Uh, we have pictures of, because Portugal, Portugal was neutral in the Second World War and it was, it was British owned, but it was supplying the Nazis with tungsten for their war effort. And we have pictures of, of uh, German SS guys coming to inspect the mine. But what they would then do, the British owners, they would then go to the casino in Estoril which is where all the spies met because you could monitor the, the, the shipping coming down through oh. the North Atlantic. And they would tell the Brits when it, the boat was leaving with the tungsten, there would be a submarine would sink it. They would then recover it because it caused water makes no difference. And then they sell it back to the Nazis. <laughs> so it, it was a nice business they had going. <laughs> oh my God, this story. <laughs> a little time consuming, but yeah, it worked. So, oh, sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the process is what he was talking about. <laughs> You know, Jeff did the math because uh, we live in the United States, so we go on miles, not kilometers. But Jeff's math says it's about 7,400 plus miles of tunnels that you guys have been mining tungsten out of. Yep. That's yes, just uh, crazy. That, that's, that's correct. If I had 50 cents for every math test that I failed, I'd have $7.32. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, we wander. Yeah, off. we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and and you said that the tungsten was also being mined, not not just Mongolia, but also in, in a couple of places in Africa. Now, have, those mines have since closed up because of the Chinese. No, no, they're they're artisanal. What we call artisanal. So essentially, they're very sort of localized. It's a few guys collecting, and then they take them to a collection center. So it's not ter- it's not organized mining. It's essentially hand picking. Okay. And, and so they, 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 we wouldn't consider that to be a reliable source. It's, it's a question when the prices are up, the locals go and collect and, and then take it to, to certain trading uh, collection areas. And, and the volume not, is very low then. The volume is very yeah. small, yes. But it all adds up. It, it does all add up. And you said that the tungsten is near quartz or in a quartz uh, state. state? Is, is that what you would in, in in some deposits yes others you, it'll be in a scan do you so find other do you find other materials or other alloys or minerals that while sure. you're digging we find copper we find tin um you know we find molybdenum so we, we do find other elements that we recover as a byproduct and do you also sell those byproducts out? Uh, yes okay oh yeah absolutely oh, yeah. because yeah. They're essentially, yeah. they're, you know they're, they're free yeah I'm going to tell so, my customers that. So I, I, know, I, know, I know nothing about the mining industry, but uh, I assume with the pandemic that's global that you still you have problems uh, hiring help to mine this stuff is like every other business. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 been a disaster. I mean, I mean, right now, I, I mean, I'm just recovering from from COVID. It was oh. a gift for my ex-wife at Christmas. I would have preferred socks, but, but she called COVID was more appropriate. So that was nice. Um, what else did she give that's you? That's great. That's that great. was it, really. It was just the COVID. I mean, uh, I didn't even get a card, to be honest. <laughs> but I did from the doctor saying I was over it. But but apart from that, but that was it. Um, it's COVID and penicillin. <laughs> Well, yes, I mean, that, that's uh, when I was younger. Um, so, so I think uh, with us right now, we have 21% of our workforce with Omicron. Oh, the mines. wow. 
it's a fact. Well, Portugal has been absolutely ripped through, as have Spain. Uh, so it's it, it, it's certainly been problematic recently. Uh, Alpha and Delta variants were, were much more manageable, but this is so infectious. The good news is it, it appears as, as most of our guys, if not all of them, are vaccinated. It wasn't something the company, uh, I as the CEO or the company insisted upon. Um, everyone understands, you know, the ups and the downs of, of vaccinations. You know, you take your choice. But it appears as if the vaccination has certainly meant that the 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 workers have are going to get through this does the government uh, mandate vaccinations over there like here um well you have to understand about the eu is that they're far more discreet than say the united states there is a mandate that's just not called a mandate so it's basically saying that if you don't have your boost for instance you can't go to a restaurant or a cinema or a theater or a swimming pool or a, well, soon to be a supermarket without a COVID passport. So that sort of says no vaccine, no access. And now they've just announced that if you don't get a booster, when they told you before when you were vaccinated with two shots, now they're going to say that you're no longer vaccinated unless you get a third shot. Well, you so know, they didn't call it a mandate, but it, it is. A but it is in effect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the people, the only people who have immunity are the drug companies. Uh, yes, yes. Well, I mean, one wouldn't like to think you could sue somebody if this thing goes wrong. I mean, it would be terrible. Imagine all of us taking it and something horrible happens. It would be terrible for Yeah, we start growing a third eye or something. <laughs> or something. Well, I mean, I'm sure the pharmaceutical companies would explain that would be a good thing. Or something. <laughs> it depends so, how it grows, I suppose. So yeah, what, the, do, what the do you see? The manufacturers would love that yeah. because they can redo and redesign everything. Change the style of that. Well, um, imagine if you had it in the back of your head. You could go as fast in reverse as you could forward in your car. Put it on my carrots. So what do you see the future of tungsten to be? Well, it's irreplaceable. It, it's not, You can't substitute it, but it's declining. I mean, we're not going to have it forever. Um, and, you know, traditionally it's always been an industrial metal, but it's now transitioned into, into a technology metal where it's used across all of the new green technologies. Right. So demand continues to increase, um, but certainly China is still the dominant player here. So uh, let, me, let me ask you something again about your workforce. Uh, so I, I'm, in my mind mining they're they're wearing some sort of mask or oxygen thing or something so they don't necessarily have to deal with the covid mask is that correct well i mean we we use we use uh you know either the 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 more industrial masks with the filters or or the n95s yeah. if, if if the worker is working say for instance in a cab of one of the underground equipments uh, and that's and they wear got you know that their, their eye protection and their helmets you know so there's always been that level and i think that's what sustained us through alpha and delta but, but this new variant, obviously, they're getting it at home, you, you know, so that's, there's nothing we can do about it. Do you ever get down in the mine yourself? Absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's the only place where you can get some peace and quiet. It's, 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 it's very nice. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's an obsession for all of us. We, we love it very much. You know, we're much maligned, of course. Everyone hates mines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In their neighborhoods. But, but this 21st century approach now to mining is very different from what it was even 20 years ago. So you do tunnel mining. You also talked about open pit mining. Is yep. is that China's mining of choice? Is open pit? Uh, actually, no. They they prefer they they, they the, the the most of their tungsten mines are underground. Okay. Mainly because one, that's where the deposits are, and secondly, because they can employ far more people underground. And, and remember, these mines are in rural areas, and one of the programs that the Chinese government follows is to try and keep a, a constant level of employment in these areas. Otherwise, everyone migrates to the cities, which, of course, then creates a problem of how do you get your right, food. Right. 
Uh, so so the, the, these these underground mines employ thousands and thousands of people. It, it's quite extraordinary. Lewis, we thank you so much for joining us today. You are an absolute delight to Very talk to. Very educational awesome. and thank fun. You, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, we must do this on a, on a more regular basis. I'm sure that you're probably thinking, who are these idiots in the United <laughs> States? I I'll be in lockdown for the next three years. You know, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> we could do a we could do a remote from the mine. We yeah, could do a remote from the mine. Well, if they go. have internet down yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. No, thank Lewis, you thank very, very you. much. You take care of yourself, and we'll <laughs> be right, in touch. Stay you. safe, right. Lewis Black. What a great He is piece. the CEO of Almonte Industries, and he is located well, over in fun Spain. Fun is that? Oh my gosh, I'm telling you, that that series that that is on Netflix called Cuckoo, it. It is absolutely hysterical. Uh, it, it is the British sense of humor that you go, did he just say that? Did he do, did he do that? Because they're on it. the floor. Yeah, they're talking. They're so dry about it, you know. They just keep talking. Then you got to catch up. The only thing I got yeah. for Christmas for my wife is COVID. <laughs> and he wanted socks. His, his, his ex wife. Yeah, he didn't even get a card. And he wanted socks. He'd rather. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah. That was absolutely perfect. <laughs> Time now to switch gears. Let's oh go to the gosh. racing calendar. And is there any racing? I mean, well, I don't know. We got uh, right Daytona now, Dakar is going on. Oh, Dakar, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we talked with uh, Sumit about that last week. Um, the first thing coming up is going to be January 30th is the 24 hours of Daytona. But on the 23rd is the roar at Daytona. And that's the testing and qualifying for the Daytona, the 24 hours of Daytona. Okay. Hmm. That'll be good. And then, uh, you know, the real season starts for NASCAR. November 9th is the Daytona Clash. No, November 9th? Uh, n- November 9th is the, Day- is the Daytona Clash at the L.A. Coliseum. November. November. Uh, um, no, February. I apologize. Okay. February 9th. And that they have built a racetrack inside the L.A. Coliseum. I saw them. And, and yeah. boy, they're getting ripped up one side and down the other. Are you kidding me? Um, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. And then on the 12th of February is the dual qualifying races. The 14th is the Daytona 500, February 21st is the Daytona Road Course, and then February 28th is the Homestead, Florida. So they're going to spend a good chunk of February in uh, Sounds like all in of it. Florida. Yeah. Uh, Formula One doesn't start until uh, March 20th. Uh, NHRA starts February 17th through the 20th with the Winter Nationals in Pomona. If... Gavin Newsom allows them to do that. I think that's always a question as to whether or not they're going to shut California down with Omicron. And then they'll be in Arizona on the 25th through the 27th of February. Uh, um, IndyCar starts in St. Petersburg on February 27th. And then IndyCar is going to be at Texas World Speedway up in Fort Worth on March 20th. And uh, World Endurance Championship uh, is going to be in Sebring in March as I think well. it's Texas Motor Speedway, but that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Texas World, I think, is. Oh, uh, Texas World under, is gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I think I, we were talking about that today with yeah. uh, Rodney. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what's in the future. All right. Very good. Uh, time now for our pre owned car of the week. And Mr. Zekin over here has the Chevy Blazer. I do. I do. And let, let's not confuse the Blazer with the Trailblazer. I don't know why these companies confuse the issue by using the same term for different vehicles. Well, I, years e- ago, I had a Trailblazer. Years ago, I had the big one. It looked like the Tahoe. But that was years ago. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. This is a 2019 uh, Chevrolet Blazer. 
there you go. Hey, there's me on there. Uh, there are different uh, trim levels. There's a Blazer, which is the base, and there's an L. There's an LT, an RS, and a Premium. Uh, today's review is brought to you by the RS. It is an SUV, and it's a five-passenger. Now, that shot right there, I like that. It kind of grows on me. And we talked earlier about uh, you know pre-owned vehicles and used cars and all that good stuff. I'm actually looking at one of these for the future. Uh, it is it's it fits me uh it it fits my style which is very cool uh features are the angular front and rear design i like the grill there now that grill uh there don talked about the lexus it kind of has a lexus it definitely does yeah as opposed to the pinch in it's the pinch out yep and it's kind of growing on me you've got the uh uh high high lamp or the uh uh Stylized lights. Right, stylized lights, honeycomb grill, slanted headlights. Are they sexy or menacing? I I like them. Yeah, I think they're sexy. Just right. And it's got the fog lamps on it. And uh, moving on, we're going to take another side shot of that. You got it? Yeah, it's coming. All right. There's there's more of the honeycomb, and I I do like that. Um, This is just me. Put the logo on that. And there's we the rear it. end. Yep. Uh, moving on to the uh, interior, you've got the rear view camera. You've got driver's seat reminders. You've got lane keep assist, which is very important. Uh, hexagonal infotainment center, which is, you'll see it there. Hexagonal. In, mm-hmm. Hexagonal. Hexagonal. Uh, forward collision warning, uh, pedestrian detection, uh, rear parking sensor. This is all in the 19 model. That's this is all in the 19 model. And there's even more. There's, there's lots of stuff that's not even that I didn't list. But the interior materials are nice enough, but uh, they don't justify the higher price back then. But there you go. There's the interior. Now, you see the vents that have the uh, anodized rings around uh-huh. them? I despise that in the very beginning with the seats that have the, the Red sewn in. Yes. Didn't like that. It's kind of growing on me. So there you go. That's for the 19. Rear seating lacks leg room for tall passengers like yourself. Uh, the rear seats are stiff and erect, so they're, they're very hard to move down, but they, they are adjustable. Uh, trunk room. Thank you for noticing. Trunk room. This is, what, this is what's got me going. Uh, now, this Blazer has 30.5 cubic feet with the seats up so far as cargo room, Mike. And when the seats are down, it's 64.2 feet cubic feet. On my car currently, with the seats up, it's 29 cubic feet. Seats down is 61. So this actually has more room than my Cadillac. Hmm. That's what's kind of, I'm leaning towards that. Now, your engines, you've got two different uh, variants of the engines. you got a 2.5 four-cylinder with 193 cubic inches. Uh, I'm sorry, 193 horsepower. Uh, 3.6 cubic inches with the six-cylinder is 308 horsepower. You have an optional all-wheel drive with the V6 only. It is a nine-speed transmission, and they say that the transmission sometimes kind of wanders, uh, but that's to, you know, you got to get used to it. Nine speeds and low torque, they do. Right. That's- uh, the four-cylinder has 22 miles Per gallon on the city and 27 highway. The front-wheel drive six-cylinder has 20 and 26, and the all-wheel drive six-cylinder has 18 and 25. Get the V6 yes, two-wheel drive. Absolutely, fairly nimble in the handling, uh, sporty suspension, but somewhat stiff. Uh, it helps a little bit in the handling, they say. Now the larger tire uh, sizes can enhance the rough ride, so be careful of that if you want to go the bigger tires. Base price on one of these, anywhere from 28 to 43 depending on mileage and condition, Mike. Um, the recalls for 2020, the start-stop accumulator was missing bolts, and in 2021, the tires were cured. The start-stop accumulator. Missing bolts. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the 2021 had tires that were cured too long. 
The, and if anyone's that been to a cured too long, if anyone's been to a Shit tire like manufacturer, me. they do I've put them in cured a too long. when they when they're actually <laughs> bonded uh, and produced, they leave them in this device. They left them in too long, so they're cured too long. Uh, critics rating is a seven point one. They cooked them too long. Yeah, cooked. Yeah, yeah, cured. Uh, critics rating is a seven point one. Interior rating is a six point nine. Performance is seven point three. Safety is a nine point seven. And overall rating for this vehicle, we're going to give it a seven point seven five, which is adequate. I like it. I do too. I, I'm leaning toward the vehicle. Now you said you had one, or you did have one, uh, a few times ago, and it was it was good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. All right. Uh, the In Wheel Time Car Show streams on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and InWheelTime.com. Podcasts are available from your favorite podcast channel. In Wheel Time Car Show continues right after this quick break. You're invited to the event of the year. The Houston Auto Show and Houston Boat Show are getting hitched. January 26th through the 30th at NRG Center. The Auto Show and Boat Show unite for the first time ever. Take a test drive, board your dream boat, check out the latest and greatest models. One ticket gets you into two great events. The Houston Auto and Boat Show, January 26th through 30th at NRG Center. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Because of inclement weather, the Tailpipes and Tacos December cruise-in was canceled. Darn it. But when it returns in the spring, expect a new and exciting way to enjoy the gathering. Tailpipes and Tacos is Houston's unique Saturday morning cruise-in, and with a new quarterly format, you'll have more time for car mods and to get ready for cruise-in trophies. Yup, you can compete for best hot rod, best classic, and more. And the top car will be featured on a full-size poster that'll be used to promote the next event. Bragging rights are guaranteed here. Tailpipes and Tacos wants to thank all participants and visitors who made the event an exclusive fun gathering of unique cars, trucks, hot rods, and lots of muscle. And we know you'll enjoy it even more in 2022. Tailpipes and Tacos will still be held at the Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex in Katy, just south of I-10 at Kingsland Boulevard on 99 the Grand Parkway. Stay tuned right here to the In Wheel Time Car Talk Show and we'll tell you the exact date for the next event. Until next time, be sure to visit the Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex in Katy where you'll find the best fajitas this side of California. That's it for this podcast episode of the In Wheel Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and our InWheelTime.com website. Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.